Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So it was only inevitable, if you ask me. Was it? Yeah. It was inevitable. This, this article that I read, it's on Politico. And Politico leans which direction as far as news sources go? Left. Okay. And it says, suburban Dems flee from defund the police. I don't get it. Didn't suburban Dems want to defund the police? Yeah. It says, <clears throat> more than a year after calls to defund the police took off on the left, Democrats are taking pains to distance themselves from the slogan, hoping to inoculate campaigns against charges that they want to strip resources from law enforcement. It's a sign that while the party's internal debate over the political salience of the movement is still ongoing, in practice, many candidates have already determined the issue is too politically radioactive to take any chances. So... What's happening is people are running from these cities where they've defunded the police and they're they're running because crime goes through the roof. So, you know, who would have thought that having a good presence of police out on the street makes people think twice about committing a crime? Who would have ever thought that? You know, I saw an interesting political cartoon yesterday, the day before, I don't know, sometime this week. And in the first frame... It was a dude protesting defund the police and another dude asking, why are you saying defund the police? And then a police officer carrying a whole bunch of balls, like bowling balls, juggling balls in the air. He couldn't juggle them. There was too many, but he was carrying them. I get it. And in the second frame, it showed the same protester guy. And he was saying, that's why. And they had taken all the balls away from the police and given them to more appropriate avenues. So like, Domestic violence was being handled by a specific group of people meant to handle domestic violence. And traffic stuff was being handled by their another group. And there's a bunch of other stuff that it took. I just can't remember what it was. And it was an interesting thought. And I was like, well, if you wanted to separate out the police's job, that probably is a good idea. Why do they have to have so much responsibility on their single organization? Well, well here. So that's here, an interesting can, concept. Can I interject something? I guess I can see both sides of this. I can see why you wouldn't want to do it. I mean, it's going to take a tremendous amount of training effort and additional resources to make it happen. I mean, it's not something you can do for free. So that's one reason why you wouldn't want it to happen. But to me, the biggest reason why you would want it to happen is because what you're trying to do is reform an image, right? Right. Police, police are bad. Police are racist. You're trying to reform that image. Well, I feel like if you had police officers who were trained in gang activity Mm -hmm. and they worked the gang area, they would understand the 
gang people, and it would go great. When, when then you'd have the, the people who were trained in handling domestic violence. Oh, by the way, they'd be paired with a social worker who goes with them. But they're trained. It would, it would be a social worker handling the situation. And the cop there the to present the violence. Guards. Yeah, the cop okay. there to present. And the cops being trained in the same thing. Right. And the point being, you're upping the level. You're making each person who, who works in an area an expert in that area. They're no longer one person who knows many different things. Right. They're a few people who know one thing. I keep seeing that billboard every day when we drive down the street by our house saying that a police officer can start in Las Vegas making $56,000 a year. And I think about it. Most people entering the police force are probably 19 or 20 years old because they've gone through police academy and now they're entering the police force. Okay. And we're expecting, and the we is society as a whole, we're expecting that this 19 or 20 year old kid is going to be able to handle mental health issues homeless situations, domestic violence, violent criminals, street violations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He might excel, he or she might excel at many of those, but they're not going to excel at all of them. In fact, they're going to suck at a large percentage of them. Right. And, And it's not their fault. You know why it's not their fault? Because they're given general police training and then they're thrown out there. And then people wonder why... Faced with the situation, the officer doesn't know what to do. Why a police officer walking into a particularly aggressive domestic violence situation has no idea how to de-escalate it and somebody gets killed. Yeah, and, and it really is an issue of training. Right. And it's, it's real easy to sit back in a calm situation and say, what they should have done was this. I mean, I'm going to tell you guys, I've done it as a sports fan. I've sat back and I've said, you know, I can't believe Dave Roberts made that move. That was such a stupid move. I can't believe he did that. <laughs> and then people will say, well, you know, you're not the manager of the Dodgers. There's a reason why you're not the manager of the Dodgers. Then you say, well, what the hell are you talking about? I don't have to be the manager of the Dodgers to know what the right move is. They just had to be, have baseball knowledge, right? Then you start thinking about it. What it really is, is I'm not down there under the pressure of you got to win or you might lose your job. I'm not on the field. There's nothing. If they don't win based off of a move I suggest, it doesn't cost me anything. And you don't know that, say your example, it's talking about a pitcher that was left in the game for too long. Um, You don't know if the next pitcher that's supposed to be coming up has a problem pitching to the next batter on the other team. Exactly. You don't know what reasons he had for leaving that pitcher in. Because you know as well as I do that they have a stat. You know, Mr. Relief Pitcher versus the next at batter. The next at batter has hit and uh, has faced him 10 times and hit a home run nine times and right. a triple the 10th time. He right. has a 1,000 batting percentage against this pitcher. Yeah, I'm not putting those two against each other. No, that's just not happening. And so you're right. So you don't, but the average fan, they don't know that. Right. That's not a ball that is you, that you were juggling. Anyway, so it actually, for once, a political cartoon didn't just make me want to shoot something in the eye. Yeah. With hot oil. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, it actually made me think about the situation. And it does. It makes sense. And you know what? Buena Park, what they did when they created the homeless task force. And those people got special training in how to de-escalate, special training in how to approach homeless people and be trusted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They started down that path. 
Those people are still police, but they're plain clothes. And, and they're they more were teamed with a social worker. They were teamed with multiple social workers, right. multiple activists. They had different resources than a regular police officer. So it actually made me think, because I've, I've always been anti-defund the police. Like, these people are keeping us safe and keeping scary shit from happening, which I have more to say on in a hot second. But they're, they're there to keep scary things from happening. And I agree with you with what you said a few minutes ago about how a high police percentage will keep scary things from happening to a certain extent. I mean, why is there such a high police presence at the high schools here every single day? Because they're trying to stop something scary from happening in the parking lot. And it's happened before. So they've got got a history of it. So they're keeping an eye on it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Just we never tied the knot around the why you'd want to separate. I think the main reason, the main argument for why you want to separate is ultimately it will raise the service level of your police department because you've now got experts in every field rather than one guy who's supposed to know each field. There's a difference. No matter how much you know, in air quotes, you're still not an expert. The reason for separating is the same reason you don't hire a general contractor to do your taxes. Also, hey, hold on a second. Here's another point. There are people in the li- in life that are meant to be in front of a customer. And there are people in life who are never meant to be in front of a customer. Well, some, <laughs> so I think there are people who are would be really good as a domestic violence police officer. Right. But would suck at, say, gangs because they're eh, a little bit, you One know, a little bit racist, maybe. One of those situations requires a literal crap ton of empathy and one of those situations requires you to be very tough tough and not have a lot of empathy yeah and and it's different exactly so that person's not going to like that job and that person's not going to like that job so if they were were put in the wrong place they're not going to do well that's my entire point tell me a city of los angeles police officer you know, hold on. How Los Angeles. To handle- Los Angeles is the one of the cities that defunded the fucking police, and now we'll what has there. happened to you? It's we'll become personal. I'm not ready yet. I almost we'll get there. ready. Because <laughs> now I'm how, fired up. How in the city of Los Angeles, where there are fifty thousand plus homeless people, and the same city of Los Angeles that is riddled with gangs, how is the same police officer supposed to handle both of those things? They're not meant for it. They will end up getting themselves killed in a gang situation because they were on the more sensitive and empathetic side. Or they'll side. kill somebody on the other side. Or or they'll, they'll end up escalating or killing a homeless person because they had no empathy or understanding or anything. Yeah. So something bad is going to happen. Exactly. But, but that's just it. You, you need the training in order to execute your job. And here's the other thing. I, I know that there was a point. There, there was a point in time, like when I used to do software development. There was a point in time where there was a front end guy and a back end guy. Then somewhere in there, they threw in a middle guy, and then they had people who were called full stack who did all three. Well, I always used to say to myself, the full stack guys save you the most money, and they get paid the most money. But the reality is, you get a better product with a front end guy and a back end guy. You know why? Because the front end guy's an expert in the front end, and the back end guy's an expert in the back end, so he doesn't have to compensate one place or the other. He's just the best at what that field is. So you have two of the best, and there you have it. And that's why 
that, that's why you have to do that. Right. Okay. Now on to how the city of Los Angeles made this person. Oh, here we go. So. Give them some backstory. I have decided that the city of Los Angeles is America's butthole. It's at the end of the Grand Canyon-ish. You know, there's the crack. There's the hole. Los Angeles is America's butthole. Why do I say this? Because everything dumb and backwards that could ever freaking happen happens in Los Angeles. Everything. Okay, so we've talked about it before. We talked about it before. I manage Airbnb properties. Lots of them. And there is this one building in Los Angeles that is like the bane of my existence. It's a not very nice neighborhood. It's an older building. It's fairly low income. It's Los Angeles. There are homeless people everywhere. Okay, so when the pandemic started, so this here's a prime example of the city of Los Angeles being America's butthole. They put on an eviction moratorium. It's now August of 2022, late August of 2022, I might add, and the eviction moratorium is still in effect. Well, and here's, here, here's something just to interject, because I love to put the little political spin on this. How the fuck are you the party running around saying how the the job situation is the best ever, that you've created so many millions of jobs? Yeah, bullshit. And unemployment is at its lowest rate ever, yet we have all these people who don't have a fucking job. You want to know what they created? Part-time jobs. They removed full-time jobs and created part-time jobs. Oh my God, that is a topic for another day. Don't even get me started on that. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? You want to go if I have if I have a hundred jobs that are full time people, and I want to and I want to increase and say I've made two hundred a hundred jobs for people. Uh-huh. I want to say that all I do is demote everybody to part time. Guess what? Now I have the money to hire a hundred more people, right. and I'm right. paying out the same payroll. So I just created a hundred jobs. It's all math, people, and trickery. Precisely. So continue. So, you know, now there's a real world consequence to this math and trickery, though. And this is what she's going to tell you about. Okay. So they put in an eviction moratorium, which meant that back in July of last year, I got a squatter in one unit who's still there. And he used to beat the living daylights out of his girlfriend, put her head through the wall. Police did zero about it. They wouldn't do anything. And I kind of get it. She wouldn't admit that he was hitting her. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, if the victim isn't going to say something happened, then there is no victim. Then I get another squatter, and she has decided that every methed-out piece of trash loser in that neighborhood is her very best friend. Every one of them is her best friend. She invites them in. She gives them the building codes. She lets them sleep in her apartment. She allowed them to break into other apartments in there. They broke into the apartment next door. They caused about six grand in damage. They carved their effing name into the wall. I called the police. The police wouldn't remove this piece of trash from the unit they had broken into. Wouldn't remove them. Okay. That was where this all started. You know why? Why? Because isn't it technically an eviction? He was only there for two nights. But isn't 30 it days or more. But isn't it technically an eviction? No. If it's under 30 days, they're trespassing. That is where that is where city of Los Angeles maybe, draws the line. Maybe the police department is misinterpreting that. I mean, I don't know. Just just a guess. So continue. They actually they told me that because I wasn't there to give my side of the story, that there was nothing they could do. Whatever. I don't even believe they actually showed up. 
Our cleaner went in there and he was like, get out of my apartment. He handled it. They changed the lock. We got the guy out. Now that guy is sleeping in the hallways. He peed in the corner on the second floor yesterday. Apparently the fire escape window is his urinal. Um, He stacked a hotel bellhop cart. You know, those ones with the three and you push them with your luggage. Yeah. Anyway, stacked a hotel bellhop cart full of trash outside of the elevator. And yesterday when our cleaner tried to remove this trash and it's obviously trash, it's like McDonald's garbage, et cetera, et cetera. He comes busting out of the apartment and he's like, you touch my stuff. I'm going to kick your ass. Okay. All right. So, Due to all of these situations, I've had multiple interactions with the LAPD, one of the police forces that has been famously defunded by the fuckwads on the left. And today, I had to wait an hour and 12 minutes on hold for the LAPD non-emergency number. An hour and 12 freaking minutes for them to pretty much tell me they couldn't do anything about it because I wasn't personally the victim of being threatened despite the fact that these pieces of human garbage are squatting in one of my apartments and breaking into multiple others and causing havoc in a building that I manage. I am not the victim. Well, but but see what I still have never understood about any of this is it seems to me that if they go to those people, they're going to say, no, no, I rented this place, man. I rented this place. Okay, cool. Show me the rental agreement. That's what they do in pretty much every state except New York and California. So, so, you know, show me the rental agreement. Oh, I don't have a rental agreement, man. Well, they say you don't live here, so... Get out. Show me show me some mail that says you live here. Show me some mail. They don't have mail either because they're too stupid to do that. All right, you're out of here. Right. Okay? That's it. They have to show proof that they belong there. They can't just say they belong there. Otherwise, what would stop a burglar from breaking into the damn place... And then being like, what do you mean? I, I, I live here. Fabricating a fake lease agreement. Yeah, and saying I, I, live, I live here. What are you talking about? Yeah, that happens all the time in California. Oh, that kind of shit. Anyway. It's frustrating. One of the other places, what, what happened, they broke the door in half. They broke the door to the unit in half. It was in two pieces laying in the hallway. The police were called. They'd vandalized building property. And the police were like, oh, wow. we can't do anything about this. And I don't blame the police officers. Their hands are tied by their bosses and the government of California and the city of Los Angeles and all their bullshit. If you remember, when we've talked to the police about certain things, they'll tell you, well, you know, yeah, you know what? They did break the law. I'll agree with you there. They broke the law. But the question is, if I give that to the district attorney, can they will they feel like they can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt? And if the answer is no, they don't think they can, well, then they're not going to take the case. So why would I bother to arrest somebody and go through all of that just to toss the case out? I don't know. Maybe to get them the fuck out of my building so that they're not destroying more of my property. Get them the hell out so I have a chance to change the locks. Well, but that's the flaw in the system. Because in my opinion, if they can't prove they belong there, you don't have to arrest them. Just Just kick their ass out. out. And stay there well, and then make this sure way, they leave. Well, then this way there's, it's on record that they were kicked out. Then if they ever come back again and there's another call, it's like, now you're under arrest. But you know why they won't do that? Because there aren't enough police officers to handle emergency situations in the city of Los Angeles anymore. Thanks to the fuckwads on the left. 
Right, so they can't catch them in the act. They, they, there aren't enough of them to handle emergency situations, so why would they stay and tr- stay longer to handle a non-emergency situation? Right. I said to the police dispatcher lady today, I was like, what? Are you going to wait until they actually assault me leaving my apartment before you actually do something about these people? And she didn't know what to say. Well, yeah, but that's what's going to happen. But here's They're the going to hurt someone. But here's, but here's the thing. I mean, in all fairness, and we've already kind of made this point, it isn't her fault. If she had her way, she she's a police officer for a reason. She's a police officer because she wanted well, to be in a position. Person. Well, she's still a police officer. She's a dispatcher for probably because she's a, a um, you know normal Joe Blow like you um, who would decide. You know what? I want to work for the police department. I'm going to go get a job as a dispatcher. They're still officially an officer, mm-hmm. but they're not like they don't have arrest me privileges. So anyway, now I'm in a mood. Now I'm in a mood. And the city of Los Angeles and their defund the police bullshit is my target. So that's fun. Okay, well, it is bull. Yeah. I mean, and, and it just proves the concept that, you know, what if I have 10 police units patrolling my 10 square mile city and I say to myself, you know, that's only one square mile per her officer. I have the safest city in the world. You know, I could afford to have them. They're so good at what they do. I could afford to have them do two square miles. And then I can take the officers I have and contract them out to a different city and make money that mm-hmm. pays for their salary. Only problem is, as you do that, you're increasing the strain on the officer that now has to cover twice as much territory in just as dangerous an area. And now they're not able to do any kind of prevention. It's all reaction. Reaction. And then it gets to the point where they can't do anything but react. They can't even go pick up the normal like police report. Right. That's why they encourage you, oh, you can do this kind of police report online, and you can do this kind of police report online. I can and you can do this kind of police report online. So and you can, well, I almost could too because I could hear it. But. This is why they encourage you to do that, because they don't want to have to physically take a police report. And it's why so many times when, we, when I, we've called about like weird people in our apartment complexes and whatnot, and then they'll say, well, sir, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to send an officer um, out until later to take a report. And that's all we're going to be able to do is take a report. And then I'll usually just say, well, then never mind. I mean, why, why waste the officer's time? To come take a report on something that you know they're never going to do anything about. I think we should. I think we should wrap this up with a little story about something that happened to us when you were in Canada. So, the Lethbridge City Police, the city that I'm from, are notoriously a terrible police force in Canada. They get bagged on all the time. There's been multiple, multiple stories about how they were really violent with somebody. Like whatever. They're they're a bad police department. Okay. So this man comes to visit me in Canada, and. Some jackass breaks his window. Outside. Rental car window. Rental car window. And two other windows. There was multiple that he broke down the street, right? It wasn't just you. One across that street and one here. Just yeah. the two of us. Just the two of us. And so a neighbor woman saw this and she called the police. By the time we had gotten outside to turn off the car alarm, which was like, what, three minutes? And the lady was like, lady was like, is that your car? 
he just ran down there. And then you jump in front of me and you're like, don't go after him. And she explains to me that in Canada, there is no like, you know, defend your ground kind of, you know, situation. It's if you attack a person, it doesn't matter if they attacked you first. If you right. attack them, you're, you're also guilty. So in a sense, what they want is if someone's aggressive towards you, they want you to just be passive and get beat, the crap beat out of you. And that's OK with them. But hey, that's all right. That's my own beef. That's, that's my own beef with that that's situation. Anyway. That's my own beef with that situation. So, um, so here's what happened. But by the time but, we but, got but, outside. Hold on. So this lady's like, oh, he went that way. So she tells me don't go. Then we look and we're like, oh, hell yeah. The, the window got broken on the side of the damn car. You know, why, do we, why would somebody randomly do this crap to us, right? With that police officer we're walking back to the lady and by then this police officer got there now remember what she said less than five total Le- minutes. Yeah, less than five total minutes there was an officer at the scene and the officer says oh is that your car yes he starts apologizing to me right. for what had happened and that this is not a you know this is not a indicative of canadian life you're forgetting the best part less than another three minutes like six other police cars had descended. They brought a police, a police dog, dog and they caught the that down. son of a bitch. They hunted the dude down and caught him. Right. And they had him. Meanwhile, they were super calm the entire time. They handled the situation extremely professionally. You were the victim. They were really apologetic to you. So they handled you so nicely. They were like, oh, you're an American. Oh, my God. We're so sorry. They Canadianed yeah. at you they so felt so. Hard. They felt so bad that right. this was my you know, impression of Canada that it's full of criminals or something. And then I move and we're living at that first apartment we lived in when I first moved here and somebody's car window got broken outside and the police officers wouldn't even come and take a police report that her window had been broken. Yeah. There's some variant there's, there's, there's the difference between the two places. Yep. And it's, 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 it's everywhere. It's not any specific place. It's everywhere, which means it starts at the top right, and works its way down. And Los Angeles is just my target at this point. Well, that's the should be. I mean, Stab me right what a personal. disaster. An hour and 12 minutes on hold is too much no matter what the situation is. I can't. I just can't. It makes me freaking tired. Yeah, you're not wrong. Well, since I'm tired and I've clearly made you tired with my ranting, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.